Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City. And we've got ballots, Booker and Biden. We're going to start off with ballots right here in Brooklyn, New York. The New York Post is reporting this morning. There's some shenanigans going on. Things are out of control in Brooklyn. People are receiving ballots in the mail addressed to them. But when they open it, it's someone else's ballot. So just imagine, Rich Valdez, I open up my email, I get, oh, here's my ballot. Let me cast my vote for Donald Trump, the 45th president of these United States. You know him, el trompito, Donaldus Magnus, el presidente. But wait, I can't. Why? Because it's Mr. Producer's ballot that's in there. Now, that would be crazy. That would be insane. That's what's going on in Brooklyn. According to the New York Post, people are receiving mail. They're calling it mislabeled. And according to the Board of Elections, they're saying that this is due to the fact that they've changed vendors. I say this is due to the fact that the Democrats are trying to steal the election by hook or by crook. And we've seen this before. We saw it with the way they spied on the Trump campaign. We saw it how they spied on the Trump presidency. We've seen it how they, in my opinion, illegally impeached the president under very false pretenses. And now they're trying to have an election under those same false pretenses. That's Bolshevik. These ballots arrived at the homes of people that typically vote absentee. So this isn't new for them. These are people that, you know, are confined to their home or have a difficulty getting there, have requested absentee ballots and vote this way regularly. Yet, this year, of all years, the same year that El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus, El Presidente, the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, the same year that he's been calling out election fraud time and again, time and again, time and again. All of a sudden, this year, they have a new vendor. This year, we've got some irregularities or what they called mislabeled. Wrong name. So my name on the outside envelope, somebody else's name on the inside envelope. Hmm. Now, if it happened once, maybe. Twice, maybe. No, but this is happening to multiple people in the same area. Clearly, there's something awry. Now, speaking of things being awry and bogus ballots, yesterday there was some bombshell news from Project Veritas. James O'Keefe put out a video where a source from Minneapolis, Minnesota, came clean and told him, this guy that works with city council person Jamal Osman who happens to be his brother, Liebman Muhammad, is a ballot broker. And he's out there stealing and selling ballots, getting people to illegally vote. Don't believe me? 
Listen to this. Our source inside the Somali community explains that as soon as early voting occurs, that's when ballot harvesting of the elderly happens. And one of the places it happens is at Cedar Riverside Apartments here in Minneapolis. At the end of this street, yes. there's three towers called one tower. Okay. And it's all seniors, and they took every ballot. Every ballot. They just every take them from them. Every single ballot. They knock on the door and say, your ballots come, give it to me, give it to me. They don't even pay them for it. They just take it. No. And the ones that didn't vote on ballots, the young people and the women and stuff, they were paying cash, cash, cash. They were getting bags of money the last one week here to, to, to drive people. And when you vote and they mark you off, then you get in the van, they give you a cash. The money was brought by Ali Ghani. Ali Ghani is the campaign chair of Ilhan. He's a staffer in her office. Ali Ghani was coordinating everything. So now you just heard from the source within the Somali community in Minnesota. This is a Minneapolis activist that said, you know what? This is wrong. We know it's wrong, but it's become the, the, the way we do things around here. It's the political norm. And she's talking about this guy that I just mentioned, Jamal Osman's brother, Liebman Muhammad, who just hours ago was caught on tape allegedly exchanging $200 in cash for a, a ballot. I mean, this is the level of brokering that they have going on in so many different neighborhoods. And this isn't anything new. This is something that in my time at Project Veritas, I had reporters on the ground as the national field director. I was a director of special operations that went on throughout the country. And we had groups and project managers all over. We're talking about Colorado, down by the border in Texas, in McAllen, Texas, Brownsville, Texas, and even in North Carolina. All sorts of voting irregularities. This is nothing new for the Democrats. And quite frankly, it's a science they've perfected. They know exactly how to pull a fast one on our electoral system when it comes to mail ballots. Ballots that are delivered by mail. They know how to do it with the other kind too. But it's so much easier the president was right when he said that this stuff is, is ripe for fraud. It really is. It's so much easier to cheat when you can do it in the mail and you don't have to go into a booth. But listen to this guy, Liebman Muhammad, having a discussion about these illegally obtained and sold ballots. Check this out. He said, I have 300 and he had them in his hand. Got it right here. Like a cash. Like cash. Like, like, so a question. Have you ever asked yourself, how did he get them? Yeah, how did he get them? You just don't go and... But like I was looking at them and they were not filled. They were blank. Right. They were some were open. Yeah. In envelopes still. Who is the one filling out the absentee ballots for yeah, you? We didn't put it out. People who work uh, with like Ilhan Omar and other candidates work for them. Ilhan has a handful of people that work for her. They came to us to our apartments. And they tell us that this year they're going to vote for Ilhan. You don't go nowhere, you stay home, we will go and fill out for your absentee ballot. When it comes, we will come and get it. You just don't go nowhere, you stay here. Where do they pay the money? 
وعدت حاجاتكم في الهلال. العدد تمر كان عدد صحيح هنا هو خد نجاح بحسن بركات العدد السياح. The minute we signed the thing, the election, and that's what you can pay. So there you have it. This isn't me making it up. This isn't the president being conspiratorial, finding a ballot broker uh, behind every corner he turns. The president's calling this out the way it is. We saw it in Patterson, New Jersey. It went down that way. We're seeing it in Minnesota. We're seeing irregularities at the minimum, to put it mildly, in Brooklyn. At some point, we have to really put our big boy pants on and say, you know what? These are more than just irregularities. Somebody's trying to do something. Or like they would say in Minnesota, Ilhan Omar herself, some people did something. This is way past some people doing something. Her insulting rhetoric and lies and doubling down on all of this explains the question that so many have. And while it remains to be proven true, and she's innocent until proven guilty, that's a fact. But it definitely sheds new light on the question of how on earth did this woman get elected to Congress? This definitely puts that question into perspective for me. The question now becomes, are we going to allow this to happen a second time, a third time, over and over again until we're asking that same question? How on earth did this person get elected to the presidency? Let me know on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and Parler, at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez with an S. You're listening to This Is America. We'll be right back. This is America. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, El Conservador, and I want to talk to you about Senator Cory Booker. He's uh, the junior senator from the state of New Jersey, somebody that I do have respect for. I put that on social media recently. I said, you know, I have a lot of respect for Senator Booker, and a bunch of people asked me, why? <laughs> and I, I got to say, look, I always say this. I don't hate the Democrats. Matter of fact, I had uh, several occasions where my team and my me personally uh, collaborated with Booker and his team when I worked for New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. As one of the people on the state's team, I oftentimes collaborated with people in the state's largest city. And I have to say they were good people, very good people. And there's still a bunch of good people that are in Newark city government. Big shout out to my homegirl, Ty Cooper and her team and just a bunch of people, a lot of good people inside and outside of government. Newark is a great city. Big shout out to my guy, Pastor Pablo Pizarro. Excellent, excellent young pastor, just bringing the community together. And wasn't planning on discussing that, but definitely want to give kudos where they're due. And Senator Booker recently had some choice words to say both about the president and secondarily, or maybe even primarily, about the president's choice for the Supreme Court, Judge Amy Coney Barrett. I'm guessing by now, if you're an observer of politics and you like to consume different audio products, podcasts, talk radio, whatever, you've heard this name, you've heard this story, so I'm not going to beat it to death. But I do want to bring up the point that when Senator Booker says that Amy Coney Barrett should recuse herself from any election case, it becomes a point of contention for me. I definitely disagree with that premise. Political differences aside, we don't view the Constitution or Americanism as a whole as a political difference. The Supreme Court's job is to do its job. The president's job is to do his job, because we haven't had a her. But I can, for the politically correct crowd, I can say his or her job. I can get down with that. And Senator Booker's job is to do his job. 
He was elected by the people of New Jersey. And you guys know I was born in Brooklyn, but I live out in Jersey now. And he represents me. I'm a resident of New Jersey. And in our constitutional republic, we use a representative democracy system. I vote for someone to represent me. So I'm not going to vote on Amy Coney Barrett, yes or no, or up or down. That's not my job in a constitutional republic. It's my job to elect a representative, a congressperson and a senator. And that's happened. Whether the person that you particularly want or don't want is the one that ends up winning the election is irrespective of the fact that they have a job to do and that you are their constituent. So with that being said, Senator Booker has, of course, all the rights to free speech that anybody else has, but there's an expectation on his office to do what's right. And if he doesn't want to question her or does want to question her, that's his prerogative. But what's not in his purview is to say which cases she should pick and which she shouldn't, what cases she can be involved in and what cases she can't. Now, he can make a recommendation, but again, it's not part of the deal. I can make lots of recommendations, too. Doesn't mean people are going to listen to me. But as a senator, for him to, you know, use his position as a senator to call for some sort of recusal would only be appropriate where there is an actual conflict of interest. There isn't a conflict of interest in a president nominating someone and the Senate agreeing to take up a vote, which I believe has happened. The Senate can say we're not taking up a vote, which, again, I would think is um, not appropriate. I think the Senate should vote on everybody that the president brings forward. And this is something that I take exception to, and I disagree with Mitch McConnell for doing that to President Obama. If they had the power to shut it down, they should have just taken up the vote and voted their conscience. And Merrick Garland would not have passed confirmation. But they chose to abstain from voting altogether, which, again, they're allowed to do. But it leaves a bad taste in the mouth of many. I get it. I think they should have taken the vote. But it comes with political risk. Bottom line here. Just like Judge Kavanaugh, now Justice Kavanaugh, went through a grueling, grueling, horrifyingly emotional and hyperbolic confirmation hearing process, but was still confirmed, I expect to see something similar, maybe dialed back a little bit because the naive part of me still believes that there are Democrats that are not going to try and assassinate this woman's character just to prevent her from sitting on the court because of their hatred for Trump and the things that he stands for, namely God and country. And in this case, that's what they're coming out against. The Democrats are the biggest enemy to the fear of God in America. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. And as I've mentioned before, and I think I mentioned this on my last appearance on The Mark Levin Show, the biggest enemy of Marxism is God. And more specifically, one's belief in God that grants them liberty. If we believe our liberty is God-given, we can never really be good Marxists because we'll always believe that our rights come from God and not the government. So we can never be beholden to this government as all-provident because we don't believe it's all-provident. We believe God is all-provident, all-powerful, all-knowing, and all so many other things. So when you have a personal faith, a faith that's personal to you, 
and it guides you and informs you. Marxism is always going to be a far cry from something that you could truly embrace. That being said, the attack on Judge Amy Coney Barrett is just starting. And people are saying because she's a Catholic and because she has seven children, five of which are natural, two of which are adopted, and they, for whatever reason, they always throw in that they're adopted from Haiti. I think this whole conversation is wholly inappropriate. Wholly with a W, not with an H. I have children. I don't mind mentioning my children, but I don't want my children to be the topic of discussion. Now, I realize you can't prevent people from making stupid comments, but that should not be a disqualifier in any way. The fact that she believes in Jesus, the Christ, should not disqualify her from being a judge or anything else for that matter. But this is the case that we're looking at. Earlier today, I was speaking with a colleague who hails from Europe, raised Catholic, remains to be a practicing Catholic. And she tells me that one of the latest headlines right now, Tuesday afternoon, 29 September, is that Judge Amy Coney Barrett is linked to a group that believes men should hold leadership positions in family and in faith, hence subjugating women. Now, I got to tell you, the first part of that headline is ripped straight out of the pages of the Bible, that the husband should be the high priest of the home. I think that's in Leviticus. And if I'm wrong, fact check me. Hit me up at Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. When the Democrats and their allies in the media start to use scriptural references and turn them into headlines to say that it's wrong for a father or a husband to take a leadership position in their family, in their household, we've got a serious problem, not just in America, but anywhere where they're doing this type of nonsense. To suggest that a woman is subjugated because she's married or because she is the wife of someone or the mother of someone is very sinister and it's very dishonest. Now, I don't want to give you a lecture and I don't want to yell at you. I like to keep this light and make jokes, but this one is really serious because the minute that argument wins where the headline takes credence in popular culture, there goes marriage. There goes the family unit as you know it. We're already in a situation where half of the marriages that are consecrated end up in divorce. So to attack a qualified federal judge that's going to go through a confirmation process where they have a right to stop her if they can and to use her faith as the basis will only hurt them in the long run. Trust me on this one. When a Democrat gets in office, and because they like to be the first this and the first that, and they decide, figuratively speaking, to nominate the first woman or man, Supreme Court justice, who is a Muslim, they're going to wish they never brought religion into the fold. Because this isn't about religion. This is about the Constitution of the United States and their interpretation of it. So when Senator Cory Booker says that Amy Coney Barrett should recuse herself, I take exception. But you let me know what you think. Listen to this. Senator, do you plan to meet with uh, Judge Barrett? Uh, it's my intention to do so. I, I think you know my spirit, which is to sit down and meet with people and talk mm -hmm. to them. And I'm going to make it very clear. One of the things I want to ask her is, will she recuse herself? Because if she does not, in terms of any election uh, issues that come before us, because if she does not recuse herself, I fear that the court will be further delegitimized. In mm -hmm. other words, President Trump has said, I will not accept the result of the election unless I win. I'm going to push it to the Supreme Court. And oh, by the way, yeah. during the election, I'm going to put somebody on the court as well. So I, I hope to have a, a conversation with her. And I, uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be on the Judiciary Committee, and I'll have that as well. And okay. hopefully have a, a good informed dialogue back and forth. But 
My larger hope is, is that the Republican Party realizes okay. they're undermining their legitimacy, the legitimacy of the Supreme Court, and that they stop what and, they're doing and wait until the American public has spoken in this election. The only legitimacy that's being undermined here is the fact that Senator Booker and rhetoric like this only delegitimizes one's ability to have faith. It's illegitimate somehow for you to be a Catholic. It's illegitimate for you to be a Jew. And quite frankly, by this standard of argument, it's illegitimate to be a Muslim or anything else because they want to drag faith into the fold. This is not the Pandora's box that they want to open. And this is for both sides. We need to keep focused on the Constitution, focused on the facts, focused on how our country works, and everybody should stay in their lane. Go against her judicial philosophy, not her faith. Go against previous opinions and how she's decided them, not against her faith. This is a very bad move. And of course, if anybody's listening to me, I highly advise against it. But who's listening to me besides you? All right. Keep it locked right there. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Joe El Baboso Biden and what to expect in tonight's debate. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. Mr. Speaker, the president. Bienvenido, America. I am Rich Valdez, as Curtis Sliwa has called me, the voice of Hispanic conservatives, and it's an honor to be mentioned in such high regard. Now, what I want to talk about now is Joe El Baboso Biden, who's stepping up to the debate stage tonight. Now, of course, throughout the day, his team has denied reports that the Biden team has requested a break every 30 minutes. Now, what's true, as far as we know, that's been publicly reported is that the Trump campaign made a stipulation that if he wants to have a debate, he has to be willing to submit himself to a test of any type of electronic earpiece or communications equipment on his body. So that they've agreed to. What they haven't agreed to seems to be this discussion over breaks every 30 minutes. Now, I know President Trump, El Trumpito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of the United States, El Presidente, I know that he doesn't need a break because we've seen him do one rally. We've seen him do 100 rallies. He can go on for 90 minutes, two hours. I've been in the room with the president two hours and 20 minutes nonstop, not even a sip of water. He's a beast when it comes to doing a rally. So we know that El Trumpito got this. But as the president calls him, Sleepy Joe, Sleepy Joe Biden. Now, Sleepy Joe Biden is denying that his campaign requested breaks every 30 minutes. And good for them, because I'd be embarrassed to ask for that. That's just, again, wholly with a W, not with an H, wholly inappropriate. There's already breaks built in for commercials. So we don't have to sit here and drag it out some more and be like, oh, we're uh, corner, his corner man is patching up the cut above his eye. Trump got him with a good old hairy legs across the chin. You know, Who knows? I don't know what they're planning and doing in those breaks. But America deserves 90 minutes, unfettered, go for it. We love commercials and we love sponsors. Speaking of sponsors, always get your facts from JustFacts.com, JustFacts.com slash Rich. Sign up for their free newsletter. They've got a lot of stuff out there. They just released something earlier today. At Real Just Facts is their Twitter. Check them out. But Sleepy Joe Biden, I believe, my prediction, and I'll be on the radio tonight talking about this on Talk Radio 77 WABC. If you want to listen live and you're hearing this prior to, Get the stream going. 
wabcradio.com, wabcradio.com, and follow along because we're going to be offering some commentary throughout the debates. It's going to be carried live on the air. And then afterwards, I'm going to be with John Batchelor doing some analysis, followed by Bill O'Reilly. And then I will bring in my own team of experts as we break down the post-debate show starting live at 11 p.m. on debate night for debate number one. So make sure you don't miss that and hit me up on Twitter with your thoughts as I'll be tweeting throughout, taking jabs at Joel Baboso Biden. Every time he closes his eyes, you know I'm going to be sending out a quick tweet, lights out, sleepy Joe. But my bottom line here, despite Nancy Pelosi's request that Joe shouldn't debate, despite Hillary Clinton's request that he should never concede the election when he loses it, Sleepy, creepy Joe Biden, Joe El Baboso Biden is going to be stepping up to the debate stage tonight to go head to head, toe to toe with El Trompito. And everybody has a different opinion of what's going to happen. I mean, most people are saying Biden's here to do one thing and one thing only, and it's to not say things like, I got hairy legs. That's not his job tonight. Tonight, his job is to just say, this is an example of why, why I should be president and not Donald Trump. He's a deranged maniac. And Biden's job here is to be the guy that's all calm, the adult in the room, if you will. Problem is, he flies off the handle more than Trump does. You ever seen that reporter that hit him with a question he didn't like? He was like, what, 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 what? I'll tweet the video just in case you haven't seen it. It's funny. That's how this guy is. He's erratic. Now, I'm the first one to tell you, Joel Baboso Biden on the debate stage, he knows how to handle himself. He heckles people. I remember Paul Ryan dropping facts, dropping numbers. And Joe would just lean back with the smugness of the vice president, which he was at the time, lean back in his chair and just put on that big smile of his and just (laughs) with this smug laugh in such a condescending way. He'll try that with Trump. It's not going to land as well. His timing isn't what it used to be. But that doesn't mean that Mike Tyson at 50 some odd years old isn't able to knock you out. So I say, don't take Joe El Baboso Biden As a joke, I think expect that he's got at least one good knockout punch in him. Problem for Joe is that El Trompito's got a lot more than one knockout punch. He's ready. He's ready to go. Every day of the week, he does one, sometimes two rallies. El Trompito is going to be a debate beast tonight. And everybody's rumoring that he's going to talk about, where's Hunter? And he might. Speaking of where's Hunter, I tweeted that the other day. And it was my honor to get a retweet from the president of the United States. And if I've shared that with you, that's fine. I'll be sharing it again. I think it's pretty cool. I've never been tweeted by any president, let alone a president that I appreciate, like El Trompito. So thank you, Mr. President, for retweeting my tweet about Hunter Biden and his whereabouts. And the same way that we're looking for Hunter Biden, we're going to be looking for Joe Biden tonight. Because I think he's going to hit the deck once Trump hits him with a one-two punch Ding, ding, ding. It's going to be lights out. It's going to be difficult for him to recover. I do believe he's got a haymaker in there. He's going to try and hit El Trompito with it. But Trump's just a little too smooth. And guess what? Even if it lands and he catches Trump on the chin, Trump could take one on the chin. He's a strong dude. He's got a lot more in him than just to go down after one shot from Biden. Now, that one shot from Biden, they're going to take that and they're going to make that the meme of the year. And last night, Vice President Joe Biden owned President Trump, dominating the debate stage. I could hear the fake news media just going in already. 
Just going in off that one clip, forgetting everything else that Trump has accomplished and looking at one clip of Biden. So I know Biden's looking for that one clip, just like when they say, you know what, go to the biggest bully in the schoolyard and snuff him right there. Just boom, square up, catch him in the jaw. Same thing has been told to me. If you ever get locked up, find the biggest guy and try to take him out so you can earn your respect on the street. Well, I think the same thing's going to happen tonight. Good old Scranton, Lunch Bucket Joe, whatever name he's going by today, El Baboso Biden, I think that he is going to come out there, guns blazing, and then he's going to calm down and try and be the adult in the room. My prediction, I could be wrong. I'm going to be watching it just like you guys are, and then we'll be live on the air afterwards. So make sure you tune into Talk Radio 77 WABC. But until then... Make sure you stand for something, because if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for you to do nothing when faced with it. So now's the time to take action. Now's the time to rise up. Now's the time to realize that you're not just a regular person. You're the person that's been given the task of changing the world right around you. That's all I've got for now, America. Hasta la próxima. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 